As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Financial Choices Matter. Thanks for checking out our podcast. As always, I'm here with Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management, serving the Scottsdale area. Make sure you find them online at pelotoncapital.com. That is pelotoncapital.com, P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N, capital.com. And while you're there, give us a like and a listen and a subscribe, whether it's Apple or Google or whatever platform of choice. Make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can get updates and check out past episodes and all that good stuff. Charles has been featured in Forbes, Kiplinger, Yahoo Finance, and more. And of course, anytime you hear something on the podcast that piques your interest, you're, you want to get some more information, before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Charles. Give him a call at 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. And again, or go to the website, pelotoncapital.com. Charles, my friend, how are you this week? I am great, Mark. Hey, I'd really like to meet the guy you're talking about because he sounds pretty good. <laughs> that's my fantastic radio voice that's doing there that. There you right. go. <laughs> boy, I don't have one. So. Boy, boy, I'm waiting deep today. I, mean, I need to get the waiters out for this one. But no, it's, it's awesome to be here with you once again. I appreciate it. We got good stuff to talk about on this podcast. So let's hit it. Bernie Sanders wants to forgive about $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. That's $1.6 trillion, by the way, so that nobody has you know student loans anymore. Now, my daughter is kind of interested in this a little bit, but then she's like, you know what? I'm working to pay off my debt, so I don't know how I feel about that. So then Elizabeth Warren comes out with her own plan that focuses a bit more on lower and middle income families getting the loan forgiveness. It's about a third of Sanders's price tag. I don't know. What do you think? Good ideas, bad ideas, off the rails? What do, we, what do you think? I'm going to go with off the rails because, you know, Bernie's $1.6 trillion plan is only going to cost everybody $2.2 trillion. So <laughs> right, that sounds right. like a good deal. That's government <laughs> math for us. Right. And rather for me, rather than getting into the, the political implications of this, to me, it seems like the bigger issue is, are we teaching people to be irresponsible? Because that's what this is. You signed a loan agreement. You had to take, I don't know, when our kids got student loans, and right. they both did, right? and they paid them off, it never was an impediment to them. It wasn't you know, $60,000 worth of loans, because that makes no sense. Right. But they knew what they had. They owed money to the person that gave them the loan. It's called a student loan. You need to pay it back. You right. need to be right. accountable. You need right. to be responsible. You know, the government comes up with all kinds of great ideas. And trust me, we elect them from both parties. So I'm not picking on right. one no. party in particular. You know, I kind of wonder but, with this thought, this is just my thought, Charles, but maybe we should be putting a focus on figuring out how to get these prices under control because school's going up. The prices for tuition is out. It's like, wait, it's like, what is it? Double inflation, I think, at the rate that they're yeah, growing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I we've worked with lots of parents on planning for college right. and families. And, you know, honestly, I, and I can't remember if I said it in a previous podcast, but our takeaway most of the time is neither the student, and it, I don't blame them as much, but neither the student and absolutely not the parents. They were not prepared. They had done no homework. Right. They had not. And that's not everybody, but the vast majority of them didn't have a clue. Right, right. You know, and 
so if the government just steps in and I'm going to get off the soapbox here in just a second, <laughs> I, I'm very much a social liberal. I'm a financial conservative. And mostly I just think we need less government government. The best and brightest don't go into government. That's my contention. And yeah. most people go in for really good reasons. But the government should not be doing everything for everybody every day in every way. Yeah. And that's my mantra. Yeah. Get, make it smaller. Make it less intrusive. And this, to me, is just one of those sounds great for a political campaign. And does it make any kind of financial sense? Right. Because our debt now is national debt's 22 trillion plus, yeah. And it just keeps growing faster and faster and faster. Someday, someday, we're going to have to pay the bill. Yeah, somebody's uh, going to. And, Some generation is going to have to. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's going to be my kids and my grandkids because yeah. nobody wants to own the debt right now. So yeah. this is just you signed a loan agreement to take out the student loan. The parents signed a parent loan agreement to take out a loan for their kids. Pay the bill. Well, you, you know, know, it's I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. I mean, it does sound good on a political soundbite. That's for sure. Right. So, uh, oh, yeah. To that point, if government can maybe get out, I had someone kind of do a similar argument with me a couple of days ago saying, yeah, I think government should stop doing the Pell Grants and the loans and all that stuff because the schools are just saying, yeah, as long as the government's going to keep throwing all this money, we're going to go ahead and keep raising our prices. If it's, you know, people have to pay for it on their own, they're going to probably stop hiking this stuff because people are going to stop going. They can't go at some of these prices without government assistance and then there's still the debt that comes after so it's a bit of a mess we'll see how it goes we'll move on for today on the podcast but definitely something to, to keep an eye on right and like you said it's kind of good for uh, the political fodder especially at these times of the year as things are heating up so well okay so we're talking a little bit excuses there sort of so to speak you know going ahead and saying hey you signed for the loan you know it's, it is what it is so let's talk about that from the financial side why are we making excuses sometimes for ourselves or when we're sticking with the wrong advisor you know, Charles, often we see a broker or an advisor, maybe they're doing less than a stellar job, but sometimes folks will continue to work with him or her because they simply feel, you know, they've got a good rapport or they're a nice person or, you know, that's easy to get along with, you know, whatever the case might be. So let's talk about a few of the places where, you know, there's some statements, there's some comments, there's some things where it just doesn't make a lot of sense why you're keeping this relationship going. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. And I've got some things that we've written down and, okay. and found from other places over the years where well, these are kind of comments that someone has said. Right, and, right. and I'm going to read through three or four of them. And then I'll, if you know me at all, or you've been listening to the podcast, I'm going to guess you're going to have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to say when I'm done with this. So <laughs> let's see. It's, all right. My portfolio hasn't done very well for the last several years, but he's a really nice guy. So I haven't wanted to make a change. Okay. I don't usually understand much of what he says, and I'm always really confused after we meet, but I guess money just isn't really my thing, plus our kids are in school together and he's a good guy. Okay, I get it. Okay. <laughs> we never get together for reviews, and I rarely get phone calls returned. Now I know he's really busy, and he worked with my dad for years, so I assume he's taking care of me. We've had a, several of those lately. Okay. And the last one is he really doesn't specialize in retirement planning. He's an old college buddy, so I'm stuck with him. Okay. So... I mean, honestly and truly, anybody that's been in the business for any length of time has probably heard one or several or all and even more of these kinds of comments. Right. What the heck are you thinking? <laughs> Why are you doing this? I mean, seriously, people, we know we're not right for everybody. We're not a perfect fit for every candidate. Everybody, you know, there are times when someone walks in the door and in our initial conversation, we always give them permission to say, hey, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. Plus, we give ourselves permission to say the same thing. But when you have these thoughts, when someone isn't doing what you want them to do, and to me, the most worrisome one of all of this is that I get confused when there's a meeting. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know what yeah. I don't know what's being talked about. That's scary. I mean, to me, that's the most important thing that I think we try and pride ourselves on is making sure that people understand, you know, the concepts that we're trying to get across and certainly the vocabulary that we're using, because that can be really confusing. And I have to admit that wholeheartedly. You know, Sherry, my wife and I, when we talk with folks in the conference room, I get kicked under the table a lot if I'm using a term that needs clarification because she's really good at that. I think she likes it, too, to kick me. um, You know, it's like, oh, yeah, excuse me. That's this term. This jargon means this. And I think people appreciate it. And that's what you have to have. This has to be great communication because you have to understand what they're trying to get you to do and the why they're trying to get you to do it. So any or all of these comments that are made, I just think you need to, you know, move on to somebody else. Go find somebody that really pays attention to what you need, helps you understand what you need, and then gives you a strategy and a plan to help implement that and make that come true. Because it's all about you. It's never about us. It's about you, the clients, the prospects, the people that walk into our office, us trying to help them make sure they make the best financial decisions they can. And if you're not communicating or they're not getting back to you with a phone call or you don't know what they're saying, good golly, change. Right. Go find somebody. This is crazy stuff, in my opinion, but it happens all the time, you know, so these are good everyday people and these things come up periodically and it's just, it's fascinating on our end because it's like, holy cow, how could you have let this gone on for so long and never done anything about it? Yeah, you know, and I agree with you. So, That's the part that kind of strikes me with some of these too, especially the. And I was kind of struck by that same comment. Well, it kind of goes over my head, and I get it, right? You like you said, sometimes you guys are so, and I don't think a lot of times advisors mean anything by it. You're just so used to some of the sayings and jargon that you use, and sometimes it's easy to go on a rant talking about things, and it does go over people's head. But you still have to work with someone who can take the time to realize that, slow down, and communicate with you in a way that you are comfortable with. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's critical. It's just, I, I think you're crazy doing it any other way. But. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I agree. Well, the, all right. Well, the, you know, there you go. So listen, folks, if the idea of sticking with an advisor for they're a nice person or, you know, went to school together, kids went to school together, you know, worked with your family, you know, so you're, you're going to work with them again. If you're not comfortable, if you don't get the warm fuzzies as well as understand, you know, I heard, I heard this thing. I don't think I've, I don't know if I've said this to you before, Charles, but I heard this advisor tell me the rule of 11, you know, how you have all these rules, the 4% rule and the rule of a hundred and all that kind of stuff. And I, I said, what's the rule of 11? I'm not familiar with that. And he said, if it's too complicated for an 11 year old to understand, it's too complicated period yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and, and i thought that was one. yeah i thought that was pretty good and it's like so if you're having those problems folks make sure you're talking with someone go get a second opinion trust me your advisor's not going to be that shocked or hurt if you go get a second opinion and decide to go someplace else simply because they're a good person is not the reason you want them to be the right person to help manage your wealth and get you to and through retirement so again if you got some questions yeah. reach out to charles at 480-513-1830 that's 480-513-1830 before you take some action. And we're going to wrap up this week's podcast with an email that has come into PelotonCapital.com. And it's from Alex in Phoenix. Alex says, I've seen a lot of growth in my 401k recently, which has been nice, but I feel that I should capture these gains and take some risk off the table. On the other hand, you know, what if the market keeps going up and I miss out on that growth? I think that's a pretty common fear there, bud. Yeah, it is. And it's founded in the two singular emotions that go along with investing. And that's fear and greed. Yep. 
I'm afraid that I might miss something. You know, it's the whole FOMO fear. Yeah, of they're calling out. that FOMO or, now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I know, or I'm afraid that something bad's going to happen, but I don't want to not get everything I possibly can from all of this. And I think you need to figure out how you want to deal with that. I think you have to have some sense of, again, what's your time frame? These are just general thoughts, but considerations that have to go in this. What's the time frame you have in mind? How much risk can you afford to take? And risk ends up being a very nebulous term and is used in inappropriate situations a lot. But, you know, do you have a real plan in place that's, that's going to allow you to go through all of this stuff and participate when you should be participating in good things and have some sense of defense when markets aren't very good, like the last couple of days? But that's political. That's got nothing to do with the market. The market's gigantically vibrant right now, but politics gets in the way of all this crap. Yeah. yeah. So, or the crap of politics gets in the way of the market. That's what it boils down to. You know, and if it's in your 401k, because Alex, I don't know how old you are, and that makes a huge difference. It's not the only determination of, of the kind of risk you ought to be taking, but it does make a difference in that whole calculation. The older you get, the less opportunity you're going to have to make up for a mistake. And a mistake might not be your fault. It just could be the, you know, the investment world in and of itself, like the first quarter of last year. But you, you need to have more protection. That is that balancing of the whole idea of fear and greed. And it's real interesting sometimes how people... Don't think about it, but when you bring it up to them, it's like, oh, yeah, that's really kind of what it is, isn't it? Yeah, because I, in my experience, there's not much else that fits into that. You know, there's some love for family and all of that stuff, but there's, you know, from just a pure investment point of view, it's fear and greed. You know, if it's your 401k and you don't know what to do and you don't, you know, I mean, you know, we can get folks out of their 401k and you don't have to be over 50 or 55 years old. We can do it anytime, anyway, for any amount of money at any age without any taxes and without any penalties. So if that's something that, you know, for Alex, your, th- your money's in your 401k. And for most people, most of the time, most of their investable assets are in some kind of retirement plan like that. We can help. You don't have to wait till you retire to move your money out if you want to. And yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do to protect yourself from market losses and still get reasonable rates of return going forward. So, you know, we're happy to talk to somebody about that too. Well, Alex, give him a call at 480-513-1830 or anybody else, 480-513-1830. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, Financial Choices Matter, make sure you reach out to Charles before you take any action if you have some questions or concerns. And yeah, to that point, at the time of this podcast taping, uh, I think we've slid down to around 26.5 on the Dow. Just a few days ago, we were still up in the 27.2 or 3 range, 27,200, 300, something like that. So, you know, it's been sliding this week. And, you know, I don't know when Alex sent this question. He might have sent it earlier in the week. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing, right? You can kind of go, oh, it's looking pretty nice and it keeps eking up a little bit. I want to squeeze out a little bit more. Maybe now that, you know, we've had a little bit of a slide, he might be thinking, boy, I really should have taken some of those risk off the table. So you never know, right? So make sure you have a conversation with your advisor or make sure you talk to someone like Charles and have that conversation if you want to get a little less risky. 480-513-1830. And again, as always, when you go to the website, pelotoncapital.com, that is pelotoncapital.com. Click on the podcast, like us, subscribe to it. Uh, that way you can get future episodes as well as check out past episodes and all that good stuff. Charles, my friend, thanks for your time this week on the program. I appreciate you as always. Thank you, Mark. It's great stuff that we get to talk about every week. So it's it's pretty cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you as well. And we'll talk to you next time here on the podcast. This has been Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott, Fiduciary Advisor at Peloton Capital Management. We'll see you next time.
Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.